Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 526. Unfortunately, my co-host, Adrian, has not been able to to be with us today. He's absconded, the rascal. But I've got I've got a great guest, folks. I've got Cindy back. She's come back from her journey. So, Cindy Nicholson, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Hello, Jonathan. It is good to see you again. And hello to your listeners. It's been a while. Um, Yeah, so I was a former co-host with Jonathan about a year ago, and I um, gave up my duties so that I could take a trip around the world with my family. But before I did that, I am, well, and I currently do now, is I help online entrepreneurs who want to create online courses and create online courses. So I was working, you know, I started out as a high school teacher and a corporate trainer and decided to, I discovered this wonderful world of the online and thought I would build a business in nutrition. And while I was doing that, I of course started taking a bunch of online courses and, uh, as a former teacher who kind of did that for a living, I really struggled with the quality of the courses. Um, and I just wasn't getting the value out of them. So I thought, well, maybe I can help entrepreneurs who really have a good message to share, um, create a course that really resonates with their students. So that's why I, you know, did a pivot. I got out of the nutrition side and then started building a business to help uh, entrepreneurs create online courses because it's, 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 uh, it, you know, it's easier said than done in terms of building something that, uh, makes sense, gets a real transformation for your students and, you know, it's quality so that you create people, you know, raving fans, right? So they'll come back for more. So that's, uh, that's been my journey so far. That's great. We're going to, like, like Cindy said, uh, she is the course whisperer. So we're going to be talking about getting all your bells and whistles done before you delve into the technology part, which is what WB Tonic deals with. You should have all your courses outlined and Cindy's going to give us um, all the info that you would want and uh, she's got plenty of additional info on her website. Before we go into the main part of the show, I I want to talk about one of our main sponsors, that's Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta only specialise in WordPress hosting. They've been my major hosting for over two years now and their sponsorship is most welcome. So what do you get from Kinsta or what would your clients get from Kinsta? Well, if you've got a WooCommerce, you've got a learning management system, you've got anything that needs more oomph to get it in front of your clients or customers, you should look at Kinsta. They got they use Google um, Cloud technology, so the actual backbone is superb. You get a fantastic interface. You get all the bells and whistles, like the most modern version of PHP. Get great support as well. Everything you're looking for from a premier WordPress hosting provider, you get from Kinsta at a very reasonable price. So if that sounds interesting for yourself or your clients, go over to Kinsta and sign up and also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. So, Cindy, 
Um, I've got to ask you this before we go into the main topic of the show is now you went on this world um, journey to get away from me, Cindy, your mental health was deteriorating and you, your husband done an intervention and said you've got to get away. So I, I, I totally understood why you had to get away from me, Cindy, but um, on your travels, is there any one particular country, city, that really sticks in your mind that was a big surprise a big pleasant surprise for you so we traveled to probably 12 different countries we had to cut it short because of the coronavirus so we missed um visiting some of south america but we did do a lot of asia um, and new zealand australia india and then uh, some parts of africa so we did get a really good taste of what the world is like outside of north america and it was truly an eye-opener um Some of my favorite places were both uh, Japan and Vietnam and Thailand. I loved how easy it was to travel and to get around. So it's really convenient from a traveling traveler's perspective. And then I loved Vietnam and Thailand in terms of how cheap it was to travel. So you could get by with very little. I had, you know, my two boys with me. So, you know, everything adds up, especially if you're traveling for eight months. So uh, I, I think my favorite was, you know, Southeast Asia and, and mm. Vietnam and Thailand and and just really the opportunity to just see how different people live. Uh, you know, we had done some pretty conservative traveling up until then. We'd been to Europe and, you know, I, we've traveled quite a bit in the U.S., but, you know, nothing can really prepare you to go um, to places like that just to see how differently people live. So it was truly an extraordinary experience from that perspective. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I have a lot of people that um, work in um, in Vietnam and Thailand, but I've got a few people that I know that work in Vietnam and they've been very happy there. Um, they say that the people are very welcoming, very hardworking, and um, and really the country deserves a break, really, for, you know, it had a period of over 50 years that were really quite awful. So it's great to hear that um, Vietnam is um, really growing and prospering, really, isn't it, Cindy? Yeah, and they just get by with, they don't have to have a lot of stuff to be happy. And I think that's one of the biggest messages. We we came home and had to unpack all of our stuff. And I just kind of was like, we just don't need all of this. You saw so many people living around the world with so little, and yet they were still so happy and welcoming and, you know, proud of where they lived. It was, it was quite an eye-opener for sure. So on to the main topic. So um, like I say, you're the cool whisperer. Um, Got any tips or insights to start this conversation off with? Because producing content and really, um, so let's start, let's give you a more simpler question. You know, if you're doing your first course, um, A, how, what are your recommendations in how many lessons should be in that course? And B, what is a realistic timeline to get a reasonable quality, your first course up, get, getting all the materials done and finished and ready to go into whatever online platform you're, you're going to use? Yeah. Okay, so that is a bit of a loaded question, uh, Jonathan. Um, you know, you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so 
so in terms of how long should a course be, well, that's a really tough question to answer because it depends on what you're teaching them. What is the outcome that, you know, you're looking to get your students to learn? I would recommend if you're doing, if this is your first stab at taking a course, um, keep it simple. So maybe you start with maybe a a free course that you're teaching or, or really understand what a particular pain point that you're um, clients or your students or your audience is having, figure out what that specific pain point is that they're struggling with and put something together for them. Now, um, so I would say, because I'd like to keep my lesson short, I will always, 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 always recommend keep it simple and keep it short. So whatever lesson that you're teaching, have just one teaching point within that lesson. Allow them to master that particular milestone before you move on to the next, you know, outcome that you're looking for. So when you look at whatever you're trying to teach them, this is what I, you know, recommend to my my clients is, you know, brainstorm Identify what it is you want them to overcome, what challenge they're having. Identify what that is and then brainstorm all of the things that they need to be able to do in order to achieve that milestone. And those are going to be all of your individual lessons. So I usually have the the clients that I work with, they're generally doing broad, like bigger um, courses. So I would say never more than five modules with five lessons in them is kind of what I what I like to say in terms of creating a course. And for each lesson, so if you're creating a lesson, which is part of your overall course, this is to answer your second question about how long should it take you to create it. I usually like to give the ballpark of about five hours per lesson that you teach. So even though your lesson is going to be, you know, if it's a video, even if it's going to be five to 10 minutes long, um, all of the elements that go around it will take about five hours. So that, that's what I'd like to give um, people the ballpark. And granted, you can do it shorter than that if you want to. Like people can just, you can bang off a 10 minute video and be fine with it. If that's what your priority is. I, I really look for quality um, courses. So, you know, you've got your lesson that you're teaching, you want to, you know, um, do your research, you want to do your recording, you want to do your editing, you want to create your whatever worksheets or, you know, um, handouts that you want to give them. So I usually say ballpark around five hours um, for each lesson that you teach. That's usually takes me now between four and five hours to do it. So that's usually what I recommend for, for new people as well. All right. So you said, you know, um, before you started the Course Whisperer, you, you you did a few courses yourself and you weren't happy. So what are some of the basic mistakes that you often see people making, Cindy? Oh, I have spent thousands of dollars on courses. <laughs> and I would say 90% of them I have not finished. And, uh, and I think that's the real risk we face right now is just so many people are putting courses out right now that are not high quality that people are getting uh, discouraged with, creating, with, with taking online courses. So 
biggest, 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 biggest mistake is that they're trying to cover too much information. That's down, hands down the biggest mistake that people are doing is they are, have 45 minute lessons, one hour lessons where they just ramble on um, and, you know, share really interesting information and, you know, information that is helpful, but not necessarily relevant or pertinent to that particular lesson uh, learner. So that is probably the biggest mistake is that they just talk at the screen, um, but don't share any, uh, don't uh, tailor it to be a teaching lesson. So that's probably number one. And then the number two is um, just because, uh, just because you have said it, doesn't mean your students have learned it. And what I mean by that is often it'll be a video and then it's like, okay, go on to the next video and learn the next thing. And then it's okay, watch the next video. What I find in a lot of courses is they don't have, you know, after that five to 10 minute lesson, I always, always recommend that you have some sort of action item. So get them to do something to apply or internalize the content that they have just used. And so those are the two mistakes I see. Number one is they ramble on for too long. They don't get to the point. And then the second one is that they just have them go on to the next lesson. There has been no learning taken place. They may have found it interesting or insightful, but they haven't actually learned. So what I often see is there's no action items or follow-up or worksheets or, you know, application exercises after um, each of the lessons. So those are kind of the two main ones. And I'll say a third one is um, because I obviously just always comes up as well is this, the courses tend to be too broad. You know, they haven't really narrowed down or honed in on who the course is for because they're worried about excluding too many people. So they keep the topic too broad. And so therefore, a lot of the content that's in the course doesn't apply for a good chunk of the people that are taking the course. And so as a result, as a student, if there's so much information in the course that I don't really need or doesn't apply to me, I don't end up finishing the course. And that's probably where, you know, when I talk about uh, a high percentage of courses I haven't completed is because there's so much content in there that doesn't apply to me that I don't want to waste my time going through these 45 minute lessons to pick out maybe the one or two salient points that, that, you know, resonate with me. So, so there's my three, that my three biggest things that I would say, um, I see with online courses these days that just, you know, just, um, I find very difficult to get through. That's great. We're going to go for our break. When we're coming back, we'll be delving more in this world of getting your calls up to the standard, which you'll be proud of. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. 
Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. Got old friend back on the show, more than my old co-host. She she looks very relaxed. It's probably not been my co-host anymore that's done that. Um, totally understandable. Um, before we go any further in the second half of the show, I want to talk about one of our other great um, sponsors, and that's WP Fusion. Now, if you've got a if you've got a customer relation manager like Active Campaign Drip, there's a lot of them out there. Groundhog. Um, if you've got a lot of if if you've got one of those, and you've got your WordPress website, you need WP Fusion because it's going to make how your words WordPress website communicate with your um, marketing automation platform so much more easier and more powerful i'm not going to go into everything it can do because it's just mind-blowing basically and uh, we've been using it for our clients for the past year and we've built some fantastic automation um, with wordpress with wp fusion and then with active campaign and all the other ones i've just named so go over to WP Fusion, see what they can do for you and for your clients, and you're going to be blown away. Buy one of their packages and also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So, Cindy, you know, I went, before we went for a break, we were quickly discussing um, some of the pop problems you regularly see. Are there any um, people that that are regularly producing courses that you think are doing a really fantastic job? Are there um, that come to mind that you might be able to refer um, the listeners and viewers to that they might be able to adapt um, some of the things they see? Any any course uh, producers that come to mind? Well, it's interesting when I say a, a large percentage of courses that I haven't finished, the one that really sticks out for me um, her name's Jenny Shi, so S-H-I-H, and she has a course called Make It Work Online that I took probably maybe four years ago. But it's interesting because, you know, you talk about creating these courses so that people will learn something, but also in terms of being really specific as to who your audience is, but it also helps from a marketing perspective. And I'll just tell this story because it really it really hit at home for me. You know, at this time when I was taking a lot of courses and getting really discouraged with the quality of the courses, I had begged off and said, okay, I'm not taking any more online courses because I keep getting burned. Because these people, they have amazing marketing, you know, so they suck you in to get you to buy the course and then you get in there and the quality isn't there. So I had just begged off, I'm not taking any more courses. Um, and so, of course, I get an email from Jenny Shi, and um, I, it, it's one of her marketing emails. And, you know, I still read the emails because I'm quite interested in about marketing online. And so I read through her email just for interest's sake, not like I was ooh, interested in taking this course. And I read through it. And by the end of her email, I was decided to look in more whether or not I should take her course. And one of the, the, the key things about her course is she was super, super specific as to 
who the course was for. So she identified uh, how much income you probably would have you should be have made. Uh, she identified how many clients that you would have worked with that would be ideal for this course. She identified, um, you know, what stage you are at in terms of creating your websites, in terms of, you know, your marketing material. So she clearly, clearly outlined who the course was for, such that by the time I got to the end of her email, I'm like, oh my gosh, this course is exactly for me because she's identified exactly who I am. So, of course, I decided to sign up for her course, and it was the only course that I've gotten all the way through because she was so clear on who her audience was that all of the content that was in it was, um, you know, directed to me. There wasn't any stuff that was either above or below, you know, where I was at in my business. So all of the content was directly applicable, but she also had these short videos um, that, you know, she really hit on a particular target each week or a particular outcome. So she had short videos and then she also had, um, um, action items. So after every video we had to do something so that by the end we were always working on our business. So that course, um, really stuck out for me in terms of, um, being kind of having all of the elements that I think that you need to have a really good quality course. And it helped her marketing because it really kind of spoke and identified to me, but also helped me get through her course. And, and here I am talking about it, right? Like, you know, you'll, if you create something of quality that people get real value from, they have no problem talking about it to other people. So I think that that's one of the other main reasons why it's important to create something of quality rather than just, you know, record for 45 minutes and call it a course kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, Cindy, because a lot of the people I talk to, they tend to mix quality and value up. So they see um, offering quality that they're they're going to offer more, 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 more videos, more lessons, more of everything. Um, and by that, it it has to slightly get less focused, and. Um, especially when it's your first course. Now, how do you see the value of getting your first actual live users and then actually getting input from that first batch of users? How important in that is that in making your course better, your first course better or your second course better? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I find that people, when they're wanting to create a course for the first time, they'll they'll come to me and be like, I want to create a course on this. What do you think? And I'd be like, I have no idea. I am not your target client. I have no idea if that is something that uh, would resonate. What does your audience say? And that's when I kind of get the blank look that they don't know. So Number one, you want to have at least worked with clients for a little bit. So do you understand what kind of challenges they have, they're having? But number two, what, before you create that course, you have to find out, you have to ask your audience what's going on and what they're struggling with. Um, it's so important because what you may think the problem is may not be what they perceive the problem is. And so that it's so you could go down a path 
If you don't find out at the beginning, you could go down this path and spend hours creating something and then it doesn't hit the mark. And, you know, so when I came back from our trip, because up until this point, I've worked one-on-one with clients. Before I came home, I worked one-on-one with clients, helped them build their courses and everything like that. I hadn't actually created a course about how to create an online course yet. But when I came home, I um, was getting a lot, you know, given the environment, you know, people being at home and everything, um, I was getting a lot of people interested in my services. And so I thought, well, now's a perfect time to create my own online course. And so what I actually did is I, because I had taken a break from work for eight months, I hadn't um, really worked with my audience or anything. I uh, reached out to um, a a partnership that I had um, who he, he kind of has... The Udemy, he has a platform that's like Udemy, but for nonprofit um, companies. Anyway, mm-hmm. so he, he, he hosts this kind of Udemy type site. Anyway, I reached out to him because we have, you know, very similar target clients. And I said, you know, would any of your students be, or would, would any of your clients be interested in, you know, taking a course, an online course about how to create online courses. So what I would recommend is if you don't have your own audience to reach out and ask questions to, um, that would be the first thing is reach out to your own audience to find out what they're struggling with. The second thing would be go online and see what people are talking about. Or the third one is to find a synergistic relationship with somebody who has a similar target market and find out how you can support them. And so what I ended up doing was um, I created a webinar for his audience. And at the end of the webinar, I offered a beta launch of my online course to create an online course. And um, that was super valuable. Like I, I, don't think I realized until I went through it myself, the value of A, not finding finding out the information before you create the course, but B, do a beta launch as you're creating it. And what I mean by that is have students go through the course as you are creating it. Um, so I it's amazing how experienced you are you know, somebody like yourself, you know, you've helped people, you spent many hours studying, you know, your subject, but it's still amazing how having other eyes going through something, because um, it's well known in web design that after you've looked at a website so many hours, you don't see the obvious, you become, you become blind. Um, so it's always a good idea to have some people that haven't looked at the website as part of your friends or don't matter who it is but get some eyes on it that haven't seen it before and I think the same applies to course doesn't it yeah yeah so it was super valuable because you know what I thought some students might have difficulty with I realized it was actually pretty easy and then they had questions with things that I hadn't spent enough time on it's that whole curse of knowledge right you know the content so well it's sometimes difficult for you to kind of put yourself in a new learner's shoes. The other value I found (laughs) with creating the beta course or doing the beta launch was it really forced me to get the course 
done. <laughs> because I was committed, right? I had a group of people that were interested in taking this course and I had no content created. So every week I would launch, you know, my next, um, my next module and I had better get it done. Um, yeah, that motivates you, isn't it? It, it worked wonders. Cause I, I tell you, when I came back, you know, from our trip, I certainly wouldn't have created an online course on my own volition. But once I had that beta group of students taking the course, I got her done. And it helps you because so many people, when they're creating the course, they get hung up on making decisions, right? You probably see it with, you know, people trying to decide on a platform or whatever. And you, you just get hung up on the smallest things usually because there's some other underlying thing holding you back, but you're finding all these other reasons to not do the work. But a beta launch of a course is uh, is certainly a way for you to overcome all of those issues that you have because you just don't have time. You just make a decision, go on. And, you know, you always have the opportunity to go back and fix it. That's the beauty of the internet, right? Is you, Everything is is changeable. So just get her done, get it out there, get people experiencing it and see how it lands. And then you can always go back and change it or, or create another course or something like that. That's great. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Hopefully Cindy's going to stay on for some bonus content. Are you up for that, Cindy? I'm up for it, Jonathan. No, that's great. I'm going to be asking Cindy about um, about um, having courses in more than two languages because um, I've had a lot of people approach me about that, um, the, diff- the difficulties and also the benefits of having a multilingual course space. Um, I'm also going to be talking to her about any resources about the science of building effective courses. Are there any online resources that she knows? So we'll be covering some interesting stuff. Now, if you want to watch this bonus content and the whole interview, the easiest thing is, go- is to go to the WP Tonic U. YouTube channel because that's where I place the interview with the bonus content the quickest on and just go to WP Tonic um, the search in YouTube WP Tonic we've got over 500 interviews on the channel and you just subscribe please subscribe to the channel and you'll be notified when I put a new video on and just finally me and my co-host Adrian um, the founder of Groundhog are going to be doing a joint free webinar on September the 1st so that's Tuesday September the 1st at 9am and we'll be covering how to utilize uh, marketing automation uh, on a course website and the most effective ways of using marketing automation to reduce people dropping out of your course. It's going to be a totally free webinar. You're going to learn something fantastic from it. How do you register? You just go to the WP Tonic website. On the top navigation, there's a button that says free webinar. Click it and you'll be able to register and you'll be able to join us. And that's at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Tuesday, the 1st of September. So, Cindy, what's the best ways to find out more about you and what you're up to? Sure. Uh, well, you can come visit me at thecoursewhisperer.co. That's where I have, uh, you know, I've got my online course there now, but also in terms of reaching out to me, you can contact me from, from there. So thank you very much, Jonathan.
Right, that's great. So we'll see you next week, folks, hopefully with my co-host, Adrian, and we'll have another fantastic guest like Cindy, and we'll give give you some quick tips, insights about a subject that relates to you. We will see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 